0: Well, welcome, everybody. to the Bluff Bell Podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker, and uh, we've been off for a little while. Um, Thanksgiving was, uh, you know, took up some time, and I was traveling a little bit before that, so apologies for, for kind of being delayed, but uh, we have a lot to catch up on, is the good news, so we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. The F1 season yeah. ended last weekend at the uh, Yas Marina Circuit, mm. but uh, that was not really that interesting a race, but... But was not Vegas was the yeah. Las Vegas Grand Prix the weekend before. I yeah. will say the only thing about the Abu Dhabi race that I enjoyed at the end of it was just the the constructors' chaos. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like flipping back between Mercedes and, and Ferrari, and yeah. yeah. by like kind of one point during the race for uh, who was going to win as a constructor, and I loved that everyone. Like teamed up together at the end to try to unseat Mercedes because if there's one thing we can all agree on, (laughs) (laughs) everybody hates Mercedes. Screw those guys! Yeah, yeah, that didn't Uh, work. But anyways, I got a real kick out of that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really interesting watching like Charles try and do the math (laughs) while (laughs) driving. I love that. (laughs) So uh, if Perez hadn't gotten that penalty. Mm -hmm. there's maybe i don't know if the math would have worked out um if he could have somehow timed everything just perfect but god that would have been funny (laughs) yeah oh no for sure um but we kind of wanted to focus on the vegas gp just because Mm -hmm. it was the first year they've run this obviously there was historically a, a grand prix in vegas back in like the late the early 80s or something like that but it was essentially yeah in a parking lot yeah. in a parking lot at caesar's <laughs> so, um but this was a huge endeavor billions of dollars or bi- billion plus dollars spent uh to make this happen um, we they even really they even built this like really big spherical blob you know as a television yeah. for everyone. So. <laughs> yeah i mean only huge, in America, like, temporary grandstands i mean it was yeah. pretty incredible um <laughs> A lot of controversy going into the race, uh, mainly because it was so disruptive to the people that actually lived in Vegas. Yeah, um, honestly, that, it's kind of amazing that we got something like that accomplished in this country, because yeah. anything that caused a minor inconvenience for anyone yeah, is yeah, subject yeah. to just being utterly canceled. <laughs> yeah, it was so. It, it was kind of crazy. It got off the ground. The first practice, it was not looking good. Uh, no. Carlos Sainz ran over a. Uh, a, it wasn't like a manhole sized cover. No, like it's it's like a like, water utility access cover. You know, tough. they're much smaller, yeah. but right. they're probably freaking 30 pounds, right. you know, round spheres right. of steel. Yeah. And it, it, so he ran over it. It was not properly secured and came off. Yeah. Uh, his car sucked it up and did a huge amount of damage to the underside of the car and canceled free practice one after Like 18 minutes so everybody that paid was pissed off because they got basically formula one said uh we'll give you a 200 hundred dollar voucher to our store to make up for yeah you know basically not having practice on friday and then the time was weird so like
1: all the super long buying
0: it it was super late it was i'm i'm not quite sure what the goal was there to be honest i don't either because it's like i do understand you've got the european market But if your goal is to grow the sport in america exactly make this an american event like i mean i deal with wacky times in singapore and by just like watching it later it's not a big deal yeah yeah no i i agree i've even heard some european uh some english-based uh automotive journalists and stuff talking about that saying like hey we it it actually didn't work out really well for anyone because they're getting up at like 6 a.m to watch the race yeah uh and we're having to stay up till you know 2 a.m or 1 a.m to watch the end of the race and maybe it was just because vegas is just such a town defined by night yeah. and the strip and lights that that's kind of what drove it but I, hopefully they're so, gonna, they'll think about that next year because that, of um anyways I'll, yeah that race has to be a night race because otherwise vegas during the day is a very unimpressive place yeah yeah that that's so. That's but true. this anytime. time of year night is like anytime after like 5 30 p.m you know that's true yeah so yeah exactly you don't have to wait until like you know midnight to start it so anyways it there was a lot of like negativity in the buildup um yeah you know, there was it was, there was very critical of the track and the whole yeah basically it just being circuit. theatrics not yeah. actual racing you know and then we get down to race day and lo and behold it's i think arguably one of the best races i agree i agree it was very enjoyable to watch phenomenal Um, there was a lot of passing there was a lot of drama yeah Um, more passing than like some of the dedicated like high speed circuits that were familiar with like the red bull ring or something like that it felt like yeah no i think that was you know a lot of people when they saw the track layout were like okay so you've got a couple of really high speed straights and then some like 90 degree corners like how's this going to be interesting to watch but it just it was exciting i mean the, there was just the way the track was laid out it resulted in not a lot of drs train action it resulted mm-hmm. in people actually being on the pass and it was the visuals were phenomenal like with them flying down the strip i mean it, it looked incredibly cool <laughs> i thought so too you know i was you know there was also a little bit of you know the 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 tire situation with the temperatures being cold at night right. and I kind of made things a little bit interesting. I think it it, it threw a little bit of um, a variable into <laughs> the race that we we may not have seen in more controlled temperatures or more you know average temperatures that they operate in. So I kind of sure. thought that was cool because you know maybe we we saw some teams that had good performance that we didn't otherwise see at some of these circuits. So that mm-hmm. kind of made it fun. You know, everybody was new track to everybody, yep. you know, all they'd really done is like simulator training. So, yeah, um, I, I kind of, we were, we, you and I were talking just after it and, you know, we had reflected a little bit on kind of the pricing and all the chaos with like, you know, mm-hmm. okay, come do spend this for, you know, a million dollars a year ago. And then a week before it's like, you know, well, well, you can pay 20 grand and come too if you want now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, it kind of got, you know, crapped on a little bit by the by, like Max and a bunch of other people, and it's almost like maybe this would have been the year to go because knowing the racing was pretty good, you kind of mm-hmm. think next year actually it might be even more popular. So who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, you know it really is <laughs> going to come down. I think that race because it's so late in the calendar, it's just going to come down to whether next season that's true or yeah, not. Yeah, you mentioned that. I think that makes a lot of sense if we're. You know, a couple of podiums away from you know first and second place in the drivers' championship. Yeah, yeah. There's probably going to yeah. be a lot more interest in it. And I, I don't. To be honest, I don't have a ton of hope for next season because there's not really a big regulation change. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think so either. You know. But to be honest with you, though, I do. I feel like, well, sure as hell, McLaren did. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think like there's been some inroads made, you know, Ferrari's kind of maintained at the top, but haven't had that breakthrough, but you look yeah. at McLaren going from the bottom, like to mm-hmm. podium finishing at the end, I kind of think, you know, there actually may be some more pressure on max next season, just, yeah. just because that gap is going to get closed once people start, you know, taking pictures and
1: yeah you know yeah.
0: whatever understanding what some of their aerodynamic tricks might be you know like a double diffuser <laughs> or yes, something right. like that well they, they definitely did close the gap quite a bit and you know whereas like you know ferrari has been fast but they're they just eat up their tires and um, they have some kind of you know, suspect strategy calls. <laughs> a lot <of> suspect strategy <laughs> Come calls. in, come in. <laughs> it's no, Stay out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> Red Bull, I mean, Red Bull just has it locked in from so many. They like, do. From every they angle. Do. They got a great but, car. They've had, you know, they've had reliability this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, the strategy. I don't know. Is I mean, you know, really the only test of their strategy. I mean, Max honestly, oblivious, you know, there was no need for strategy with yeah, walk- him because away. he was just, yeah, he just walked away each time. Perez, you saw a little bit more strategic thinking just because you know, he kind of seemed like he struggled quite a bit in qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would always seem to put him low in the grid or he'd, he'd take some kind of penalty mm-hmm. and then he'd work his way through the, the, the track. But obviously whether I can't remember. It was like Bernie Eckstein said in that documentary, that Braun documentary said something like, when someone at, Oh, Keanu asked him like, Hey, but they're driving the same car. And, he, and Bernie was like, who told you that? Oh yeah. <laughs> and It kind of made me think like Perez has never gotten that car to speak to him uh, the same way that Max has. And and is that just because they prioritize, you know, money and development around Max's abilities and yeah what he which direction he wants to take the car in. And so maybe maybe that was some of the I, I was a little bit nervous for Perez this season, like if he would be staying with Red Bull um, um, you know, next year. So well, I mean there were we talked about on the last show, there were a lot of rumors about around swirling around the Mexican Grand Prix that he would retire and maybe Danny was gonna take his seat, but I, I think you're right. I mean, in an now wouldn't we have the cost cap in place? I think if they're going to allocate resources they're going to allocate it yeah, towards the guy that's winning fixing it how max wants um yeah. there are also actually rumors that they stopped developing this year's car after like the fifth or sixth race to start working on the next year's car kind of makes sense their you know they, res- their they financial had, resources yeah but, they had such a gap they probably knew that hell even if they partially caught us by the end of the season right we're, yeah we're still mm-hmm. going to be and that may explain why you know we saw mm, and start to catch up a little bit too. Is is well, like, yeah. You know right. all these if that, all if these that team... rumor. If that rumor pans out, then you may actually be right. They may walk again. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah. they just they they definitely seem like a team that's been consistently kind of one step ahead. Yeah, um, which is, you know, it's making it a little bit boring to me um i would like to see a little bit more competition from a drive yeah. championship yeah. standpoint, but i don't know we'll see um but i was i was glad to see the race went off well because it was you know it is a US, it is a u.s based race and you just you don't want it to be just a joke you know and that well, exactly yeah, and obviously we, that way you know we have a lot of good race tracks in this you know mm-hmm. uh country at least with um coda that's mm-hmm. that's a good track you know it's a little bit of a you know weird location in one sense for formula one but it's a good good track yeah, um, yeah and so because when we added miami it was like a little bit of a roll of the eyes and then right. when vegas it was kind of the same thing from from my perspective but right it well, does seem like yeah miami was has not been a good race like no both years yeah the track's not yeah. great it's not really particularly exciting yeah exactly uh, so i think that was this was a little bit redemptive from that standpoint yeah sure. i thought so too yeah um well so there's a big kind of release of information this week with uh the tesla Cybertruck. uh so we kind of want mm-hmm. to touch on that because this is obviously you know this thing was announced like four years ago <laughs> and now it's, it kind of became a yeah. running joke whether it would actually happen and now it's made it out in the wild and you know i don't know did you uh did you watch any of the reviews or read anything about it well one of my um <clears throat> colleagues at work texted me the video of it racing the 9-11 oh yeah, well, a 9 and i just <laughs> rolled my eyes i was like well i i don't know for sure but because i didn't really look into it but i looked at this the side of that 911, I was like, I think that's a T. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, so you guys are racing, like, the slowest version with yeah. maybe a manual transmission. <laughs> yeah. with the, and and they're and the towing the lightest 911. <laughs> at, least they, at least they, yeah, exactly. At least they know who who sets the actual benchmark. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought it was really interesting because... From an engineering standpoint, it's doing a lot of stuff first. It's the first completely uh drive-by-wire um car. It's the first Mm -hmm. car with a full 48-volt architecture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm Um so I mean it's definitely doing a lot of stuff first. Um and I, you know, credit to them for that. But what was interesting is that a lot of the what I watched was kind of centered around Oh my gosh! Like, look how fast it is, and oh I know God, it actually handles well. And oh my gosh, it it does. You know, it has all this these technological advances. It's like, okay, well, how does it work as a truck? Like, yeah. you know, t- tell me the towing capacity. Tell me the storage. You know, capacity in the bed, like because the yeah. people there's going to be people that buy it just because it's a Tesla, and they yeah. fanboys. <clears throat> But you and i were talking just before we came on air about the rivian r1t like demand seems to have slowed they're offering leases yeah. now um so there's a limited market. yeah like nobody is seemingly buying the lightning um, yeah no there's anymore. Yeah. i think the the rivian south sells it like kind of like four to one yeah no um, i mean our our local ford dealership has like three or four of them sitting on the lot every time i try to buy it yeah. um so because i think you know the people even if you ignore the political landscape mm-hmm. of, of these, um, people that use these trucks as trucks, you know, the contract you know, stuff, like they're going to want to be able to haul some lumber from Home Depot. They're going to want to be able I to know. like all their tools. Or, and if- or, yeah, if they've got, you know, like a bobcat with a forestry unit and they've got, you know, three three properties they need to get to throughout the day and you're pulling some ungodly amount of tonnage behind the truck it's like you yeah you can't you can't so i feel like these are um more for people like me who don't really need a truck for like actual you you know like i live on a ranch or i own a Mm -hmm. freaking landscaping company but it's like i take you know crack to the dump once in a while and i you know buy some you know bags of dirt i don't want to put in my suv <laughs> it's so, I mean, like they're they're kind of like the pretend truck yeah, they, people and I, I, I occupied that sphere for two years and it was fine <laughs> i guess that was <laughs> but like i realized car. i didn't actually need one i just needed to buy a trailer <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing like are these trucks just for posers is kind of the question i kind of think so i mean to be honest with you i there there's probably someone I don't know. I, I really doubt that any person who actually needs a truck to operate like some serious like I think of my um, wife's friend. Her husband owns a landscaping company and they have monstrous trucks. Yeah. But I mean, they're hauling like ungodly amounts of fertilizer. Yeah, they they, yeah. yeah They're using them in the snow because they, they switch to plowing and it's like I don't think any of those people are going to entertain. One of these is like a they probably roll their eyes at that stuff um but then the rest of us it's like well i i got a boat i could tow up to my cabin it's like yeah those people will do it but they don't really count as i don't think as like actual (laughs) consumers who need trucks for like a business right so or that you know might be the guy like there's some you know person building a a monstrous house out where we live, and and their and their truck has like some kind of like skincare advertisement on the side. of Oh, it. uh, yeah, it's like some. What are you guys doing with this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I think I mean there's they're definitely gonna be able to sell some of these trucks to the wannabe cowboys that you know they they think they're a cowboy but they live in you know Los Angeles. Um, yeah, <laughs> and but. You know, it, it's interesting to me that so many, you know, they're there's such an obsession, at least in the few reviews I've seen, because they only let like three people like, in to kind of get the behind the scenes about it. Mm-hmm. um But everything, it, it's like, oh my god, this truck does zero to sixty in two point six seconds. Well, any idiot like, can make an why, eagle fast in a straight a sh- line. Well, yeah, you why, know, why do I give a shit about it? Like, exactly, it's it, it's nonsense it's the rivian is heavier and does zero 60 in three seconds like this is not new territory and quite honestly the the idea that someone who buys pickup trucks and has never driven a sports car or high performance vehicle now can do zero to 60 in 2.6 is kind of yeah. terrifying to me well especially <laughs> if they are trailering something and just doing dumb stuff with a trailer behind them at those speeds it, it, yeah, but fortunately, most of them won't be trailing because they don't do anything actually useful with their trucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's. But it just it, it's it's weird how so much of the conversation you could basically scratch out Cybertruck and put like mo, Model S Plaid or Model yeah. S Plaid, and all the same discussion we, is going to true. How fast it is! Look how well it handles. Now remind me because I I, I maybe I don't know if you came across this and I. I think my peripheral vision saw it, so I could be off on this number. Mm-hmm. Isn't the base price like 60-some thousand now? Yeah, and, so... and, and wasn't it announced? And I know a lot of stuff has obviously gone up in price, but yeah. they really missed the mark. Because wasn't, wasn't it initially like, this thing will be like 30 grand or something? Right, I don't so know. Back, back when <clears throat> they originally announced it, there were three tiers. There's going to be a rear-wheel drive, an all-wheel drive two motor and a and a the the top edition oh, was well, a three motor. motor and okay. uh, and they were gonna be i think like something like 35 45 and 65 okay roughly. and now they're saying that now the three tiers are gonna the be base. Like, the base is like 60 like 65. or 65 <laughs> the middle one is like 75 or 80 and the top one is 99 and it's still you know essentially double the price yeah and that's like what all these freaking ridiculous evs are it's like base price a hundred thousand. um but you know and it's kind of shocking because even at those numbers from the rumblings that you hear from elon it's like well this thing may still kill our company and it's really stupid that we're making this but we have so many development costs sunk into it It'd yeah. be even more a mistake to pull the plug right now and i think to be honest with you because this truck is so polarizing i think it's gonna kind of max out <clears throat> the amount of i pain. mean i know that they'll sell some but i but yeah i think so it, th- yeah, there's a limited market for this thing I, I heard i heard it put this way that like this is the truck for lamborghini buyers yeah like, exactly you, it, you're you have to be a bit brash and kind of have an fu attitude to yeah, want to buy yeah, this yeah. because it is a pretty giant especially yeah. Elon Musk, it's a pretty giant middle finger it's, and that's kind of what i think it's <laughs> it's a very interesting signaling right it's you've got this kind of asshole you know man-child billionaire mm-hmm. and whatever decretions he wants to spew in a mm-hmm. given week like you're 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 broadcasting that messaging right you're broadcasting like you're this is like the most ugly just ridiculous looking vehicle on the road. So, you know, you're broadcasting that you're mm-hmm. broadcasting that it's an EV, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd. Cause the EVs are in general associated with kind of kind like green progressive type stuff. And you're also signaling like kind of almost by definition that, you know, at least from my perspective, you, you, you don't do useful things with trucks anyway. Right. So it's like, who, who is who that? Is that yeah, I mean that—that that is the interesting. thing. <laughs> I, how many I of them like are on the planet outside of like the Tesla and Elon stands? Who is that buyer? And and again, it gets back to the the market saturation. I mean, we have a lot of hundred thousand dollar electric trucks at this point. We have the, we have the Hummer EV, which is kind of a truck. We have the Rivian. We have now the Cybertruck. We have the f-150 lightning um, yeah so it's like at and the top trim of the f-150 lighting is a hundred thousand dollar truck yeah that's i mean it's kind of not so and there's like a ram electric um, on the way and a chevy yeah. electric i think if they're still planning to build they, them they but, were pausing uh, like some of their plans on producing those i I'm, i mean it's already been designed so i'm sure it'll get produced eventually but yeah. you know I mean, they were they were Chevy was kind of dialing back on doing well, that, this. EV that, because of the- in some ways, I think that makes sense because I, I, I think that the buyers and I could be wrong, but I, like my neighbor, uh, you know, Nick, he's got a Chevy truck, but he, he uses it for useful things. Like he has a wood burning furnace. And mm-hmm. so he is like hauling un ungodly amounts of lumber and mm-hmm. You know, tree remains <laughs> all year yeah. long with that thing. And so I think that the buyers of a Ram, maybe, or a Chevy may be a little bit more inclined to use the trucks for truck purposes rather than like a decorative. Like, no offense, but I, I think fundamentally the Rivian trucks are more like decorative uses. Yeah. Like, you know, off roading, and it's like a, you've got this $10,000 tent on the back of the. The truck on a hundred thousand dollar truck it's like okay yeah, you know that's the, it's the truck, yeah it's the truck the silicon valley you yeah. know program buys. yeah 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 <laughs> so anyways yeah I, I, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see i'm curious to see one in person um because they're going to be enormous and just stupid but w- yeah it's um just this is what we do in this country <laughs> <laughs> This yeah, is what it, we do man it'll it'll be really it'll be really interesting to see because i I think they have you know i i think it 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 could potentially go down the same road as the model x where like you know they sunk all this development costs into it and then like they don't sell hardly any of them yeah uh, yeah and they have to like discount prices and stuff you saw what you saw that instagram post I think I sent you about what it was what came first with the oh yeah what was that? A Windstar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ford Windstar. <would>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the it, front of those honestly look pretty ugly, identical. Uh, yeah. God, that now, thing was ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, like the like the steel panels, the body panels, like <laughs> they, um, I think there's going to be crash test, not crash test issues. There's going to be pedestrian safety issues because apparently the edges are very sharp. Like one of their viewers. Yeah accidentally like cut himself on the edge Jeez. of one of the body panels. Um well and are these like fully formed panels like Rivian got into a, I mean I see it as a problem where it's like a small fender bender like totals the truck cuz it's like well it's it is it is a continuation of this you know the structural architecture of the truck yeah. you can't just remove this
1: and so, so the have... insurance
0: companies are like yeah well then it's totaled. Yeah so the my understanding is like the front and rear are both two of the largest aluminum castings ever okay like, well that doesn't that's not going to bode well i don't think no for fender benders no at all some of the the steel panels are like removable okay. and they, they are like kind of part of the crash structure essentially um okay. but i suspect that if you do actually damage one of the panels the the steel that they're made out of is a unique um that tesla actually developed in-house and it's super strong um but i think if it does actually get damaged like i think yeah the repair bills i just think you know and that and that's like i've seen some of these Rivians they're small fender benders and mm -hmm. you know these kind of paintless dent repair you know guys can sort them but it's looks mm -hmm. like it takes them like four days of work yeah, and, and I kind of wonder as like an insurance company, if you're like, well, that's really nifty design and engineering, but it mm-hmm. is not insurable. So yeah. we're going to charge you up, you know, the wazoo for your monthly payments, knowing that we may have to total this thing out if you get into a small fender bender. Well, and also so it's like, kind of also something for companies to think about when they're engineering also, these. Is, yeah. Are they repairable? I'm curious how that. That stainless steel finish will do because, you know, if you have any sort of stainless steel, anything, I'm yeah. sure you've seen this where, like, finger, you know, it immediately, yeah. like, a fingerprint immediately gets laid down. Like, it's going to be so easy to make look like garbage. I know. Do you PPF the whole thing? Um, um, I will that don't... look weird? Is that even possible? I don't well, know. Well, that's the thing, is I don't know. I'm sure you can ppf it call up evan and ask him if you can bring a cyber truck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah full ppf um <laughs> honestly that probably would be the he would love it because that's the easiest ppf job i think ever <laughs> yeah that's, all straight a right angle <laughs> yeah he's gonna have to, oh. have to cutting himself on a body panel <laughs> uh, but it'll be interesting i i think you know i was it was a little I don't know. I'm further mystified by the Cybertruck after hearing reviews because from an, <laughs> it sounds like from an engineering standpoint it's very impressive, but yeah. from a truck standpoint it's like, you know, what even in the even in the post-apocalyptic Mad Max world, I still think I'd probably rather my vehicle was able to run on like fossil fuels. Or mm. cooking oil in yeah, yeah. an EV, so I don't yeah. even know if it's going to be useful in that world. Yeah, I I, don't I, know. I would bet not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's some other kind of new car rumors <laughs> that came out that, that we wanted to touch on too uh, near and dear to our hearts. So the 992.2 um, 911 is supposedly yeah. coming up Around the corner, um the rumors are that it will debut uh, or it will start production in Q4 of 2024, so about a year from now.
1: Which is um, kind of
0: late. I was expecting that it would have started production this year, but or, um, yeah. Well, where it Anyways. gets really where it gets really interesting is so we've seen them testing on the Nurburgring, and they have the they have the little stickers on them mm-hmm. that show that they have like a hybrid powertrain. Yeah. So we knew that a hybrid 911 was coming. The the 992.1, the architecture is is even like would support a, a hybrid layer yeah. So we knew it was coming, but the latest rumors are that the um the base 992.2 911 will be non hybrid, but from the Carrera S on up through even the GT3 will be all hybrid, huh. which isn't why what do you think of that i mean i i i don't believe it i know that the the rumors actually sound like they're pretty well informed so it very well could be possible i i kind of assumed in my mind that you know you you would you would do the turbo and the turbo s as hybrids, maybe the (laughs) gts just because it's like you know, the turbo and the turbo ask, I mean, let's go fast in a straight line. Perfect for those people. PDK, you don't uh-huh. need to screw around with a manual. Because I don't, I don't know if the, the, the transmission and the architecture allows also for a manual. I don't mm-hmm. know about that. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things that keeps a number of kind of high-end buyers coming back to Porsche is looking for that option. So mm-hmm. that makes me a little bit leery. Um, I'm a little nervous that the manual won't work with those, not to say it can, but I don't know if they have enough room, uh, for right. that. And so that could be kind of a turnoff. I just assume that, I mean, already the things sound okay. Um, they don't sound <laughs> amazing yeah. and you put a hybrid in that's going to dumb that down even more. So, and then I think it's utter nonsense to put that into the the GT line. I know that they may not have a choice, but I c- kind of like Harry Metcalf said in one of his reviews. He was, I think you. I can't remember what nine eleven he was driving. It might have been a GTS, but he just pulled up at a roundabout behind a tycon, and he was like, you know, we have to thank these people for buying these because mm-hmm. that is like a zero in the emission scale of figuring out what these things pollute and are we meeting our metrics for the European Union. Right, and so god bless them for buying those we get to still have our naturally aspirated GT3, but if the regulations are tightening or they're not moving enough EV kit, maybe mm-hmm. they have maybe they just get forced into doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: sure they'll come up with some you know clever ways, but I but I feel like as an enthusiast and <clears throat> having grown up Kind of as a petrol head Mm -hmm. like as soon as we begin the foray into hybridization it's it's like i don't know like it's difficult for me to occupy the middle ground i would rather just have an ev as a daily driver or um you know internal combustion engine as a sports car you Mm -hmm. know i realize like my wife's hybrid is a plug-in like the X545E, but it's kind of nice because you can separate the two things and use them as you want. I don't think that's how this will work. I think this is going to be like, you know, low-end power, right. you know, kind of keeping the torque. I'm sure they'll be probably fun to drive and like, you know, maybe very linear torque curves with a hell of a lot of get up off the line. But mm-hmm. if it comes at the cost of engagement, and now we got fake engine sounds getting pumped into the car, Yeah, it's like this is this is a little weird to me. The biggest thing is so like I think the sound will be the same as the current because it should be the same engine. But where you're going to have an issue is like it's the same. It's the same thing we've been dealing with with all this new generation of sports cars and supercars that are hybridized, where they're going to make more power, but now they also weigh another 800 pounds. Yeah, wait. So, amen, amen. Your power to rate ratio is is probably going to be probably a little bit better, I would imagine, than the 992.1. But, you know, now you've got, you're going to chew through brakes more. You're going to chew through tires. Yeah. It's, you know, you're going to have to have even more electronic wizardry to try and make the car feel smaller and lighter than it is. And we've seen there are limits to that, <clears throat> that with the Taycan. Amen. Um, Amen. So, you know, I think they can pull it off. But because you know, by all accounts, Ferrari with the 296 has made an incredible road car. Um, that's that's hybrid. But I'm I'm with you. To me, this is like this is really I, kind of a, a it's it's marching further down that road that I don't want to go. Of just yeah, you know, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a a 4,500 five thousand pound you know.
1: 9/11. Yeah,
0: and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's going to be, you know, that at that point, like that's a pain. I'm sorry. Like that. It's it, it basically really it scary. is. You know, and and I realize that there's some, you know, you can you can say to yourself, <clears throat> you can look back at like this is the same thing that probably happened. You know, air cooled to water cooled, and everyone just said the world is ending. Mm-hmm. This is horrible. And then people, the next version of the car is like, well, hell, it's still pretty fun to drive. This is a fun car. It looks good. I guess I'll buy it. But I think as you look at kind of like the iterative steps and you get into, let's say you get into like a Turbo S. Today's 992. and, and, And we can imagine the hybridized version Turbo S. Mm-hmm. And then you you go, and you get into an air cooled 911. Mm-hmm. The 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 difference in experiences, even though they've been iterative over this many decades, are subs- profoundly different. Right. And I think what you kind of what I ended up doing with the turbo, the Tycon Turbo, when I walked away from that, it's like, what the hell do I do with this thing? It's a mm-hmm. monster. It's it's too fast for public roads. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I am pulled more and more and more away from like the driving experience of having to do inputs and Mm -hmm. think about things. And it's not to say that the car is like, is like, Oh, you, you know, don't even bother with it. Like I know they're still fun, but I think Mm -hmm. if you could then go and get in an air cooled car and drive that, you may have an appreciation for what's been lost in this. Yeah. And and that, and that could be something that's worth mourning now it, at different times in people's lives, they have different priorities. Like when you're a young guy, you're just like, ah, oh, I just want the fastest, most expensive car possible. Yeah. Right. But then as you get older, you're looking for more like experiences in life as opposed to just like, I need this crazy badge and I want to be the top dog at the cars and coffee. You're like, I don't mm-hmm. really give a shit about that. I just want a unique experience. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's kind of where I've gone in my life with my interest in cars. And I look at this as kind of giving us more of less of what we need. Our Mm -hmm. zero to 60 being detached from the driving experience and asking me for more money for that. Right. And it really starts to kind of become a head scratcher. Like, we're, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? You know, I don't, I don't have the kind of job where it just makes like more money sitting in a chair or on the couch at home. If I'm not mm-hmm. doing something, like I actually have to work. It's irritating to make more money, um, and so I can't just like blow money up. So, so I have to make like conscientious decisions with where I spend it, mm-hmm. um, and that's actually I think kind of a crystallizing experience. Um, for a car enthusiast, is you got to make it count, right? And um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm sure these things will be cool, and I may eat my words, words, and maybe four years from now I'm buying one, but I'm, um, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense. No, I, I, I feel like it's we're definitely moving away from the 911 as a sports car and turning into the 911 as a, a GT car. Um, yeah, and I mean a true, not a poor yeah, yeah, young, my like like, sport, a grand touring, yeah. you know, it might as well be like, yes, yeah, it's, it's massaging my butt and aerating yeah. my whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't because fundamentally a sports car should be light and engaging. And as, oh, yeah. as I get a, you know, as we evolve toward a steer by wire with no actual like feedback from that, the road, that's what like, I mean. Yeah all this that's what power, i mean muted engine sound as you said yeah you know, and we're starting to tip the scales at you know a 4500 pound five pound car it just you know how how is a 911 that much different from a panamera i know point, you know that's exactly what i was just gonna kind of interrupt with is it's like you just start walking down that road towards like a tycon Right. where it's like it, it is a great kind of gt car it's you don't have to think about it it's just quiet mm-hmm. as a bank vault you know like so it's weird to me that's why i don't like to occupy like a middle ground it's like one or the other yeah right either give me an appliance or give me something i can really basic with basically yeah. yep exactly exactly so i i was actually shocked to hear that they're going to hybridize the gt3 i thought I I just don't, I don't believe it. I know that, I know those rumors seem very well substantiated, but I think my jaw hit the, exactly, I think my jaw hit the floor when you said that. And I was like, there's, there's no way, no way, but maybe they don't have a choice. I think from their perspective that they probably also think it's a horrible idea, but they may just not have a choice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's regulations, you know, regulations or if it's. Gosh, we've kind of maximized this engine already. True, which we, which we did, power. right? I mean, you look at the the nine nine two GT three RS. It's uh, it's all arrow. It's all downforce. Yeah. So, like, um, you can't you can't go out and sell the next. You can't have the nine nine two dot GT three be the same horsepower as the dot one. So, exactly. We got to you know we got to keep up, and, 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 and instead and of looking the, at like. How about we make it lighter with the same horsepower? Well wasn't that <laughs> good I, I was just sitting here trying to think and I don't even I was almost like I won't even say it because I can't remember exactly specifically what he he said, but wasn't the like the and one of like the founding engineers or the guy who started Lotus? Like his whole philosophy was like get weight oh. out. Yeah, Colin Chapman, yeah, simplify mm-hmm. and add lightness. Basically make it there you lighter go and lighter and simplify it. And, and that's, that's how you make it. Honestly, sports. man, like that's honestly like what what i would pay for cuz that's kind of mm-hmm. what i'm alluding to whereas you we have defined that the the car can only be better
1: mm-hmm.
0: if it is heavier and more complex right and, and more power and it's well, like that's... well that just makes it less reliable mm-hmm. it makes it less fun to drive and i'm giving you more money for something i can't even like responsibly use on public road like what the hell kind of deal is that well yeah i mean it 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 gets to the fact of like in 20 years the current model cars are going to be an absolute nightmare to try and keep on the road so that's what i think man if i go and if i go and get a 2010 or 2011 or 2010 911 gt3 rs that car is pretty analog, but it has most modern conveniences, but it's pretty simple. You know, mm-hmm. a 992one gt GT3 RS is going to be much more oh, complicated yeah. to Like the going. active wing and stuff, all these yeah. little now mm-hmm. I will I will put a caveat in there. I, I do think maybe what we're gonna find is and this was uh, this made me think this when you're we when I was watching the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix because they were talking about this just the sheer number of engine failures throughout a season like a f1 car just <laughs> blows up and it's like yeah that happens we just we just assume we won't finish 25 percent of the races and and that like rarely happens now right and i think we we've pushed all of this complexity into mm-hmm. these cars and the legacy manufacturers has done it the only way they know and that's like Okay, I'm going to have this company in Vietnam make this, these guys in the Philippines make this, these guys in, you know, India make this, this come from mm-hmm. China, and we're going to have this, like, just slaughterhouse of software, mm-hmm. you know, trying to talk to everything. And so, you know, maybe maybe that does make these cars unreliable, and there is, like, a crystallizing moment, kind of like Tesla's had, where it's like, we need to bring all this garbage in-house, because sure. this is nonsense, and as we do that, maybe maybe we do maintain that kind of level of complexity like Formula One cars have and reliability. But but there's yeah. got to be simplification, you know. Well, and we just need to be able to have people work on it. I was actually talking to one of the guys that works at the the place where I go to get my wheels and tires swapped out uh, mm-hmm. for winter. And they they're they do wheels and tires, that's their main thing, but they also do some kind of basic maintenance and stuff. And I asked him, I said, Do you guys work on EVs at all? And he said, No, he's like, you know, they're he's like, you know, a lot of our technicians, you know, they'd have to damn near be uh electricians to yeah, you no, know, doubt. to be able to work on them. And so he's like, no, We have a doubt. couple of people going to get certified to work on um I think it was some I think it was maybe the Teslas, but He's just yeah. like it's he's like all these people it's a different in the next, language. like all these people in the next 10 years are going to have to be completely retrained because they were all trained to work on internal combustion engine cars and and troubleshoot those he's like yeah. now like they've got to be computer programmers and and electricians <laughs> i don't doubt well you, <laughs> you know, kind of what i expected <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it it supports why there's been, we've seen this uptrend in the values of, you know, sports cars in the 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, because like, those are before we really had the big inflection point and it got a lot of more, you know, every car has two or three screens in it and they're yeah, so complex. Yeah. <laughs> the singularity um, yeah and i i don't think those i don't think those prices are going to come down because no. our our generation is going to be supporting those prices for the next I think twenty think so, yeah i think we're just going to pine after that as things are become good indistinguishable golden. from your you know fancy ge washing machine at home yeah. well every generation has their golden era and i think that mm. our generations kind of sees that as our golden era you know that yeah. The early to mid-2000s BMWs, the, you know, Porsches of the same era. Um, those are, you know, the JDM cars, obviously, from those that era as well. Um, and so that's that, I think, will keep those prices up there, you know, for the foreseeable future, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, for the those, last thing I'll say about that yeah. is, if, you know, if they, um, when I bought my Carrera T, i bought it not because i thought it was a great great timing or a great financial decision at the time but i was paranoid in the back of my brain or, yeah that i it was wasn't un- hybrid yes i was uncertain mm-hmm. and so if they come out and they're they're hybridized i mean that's one thing like okay i'll whatever that's not the end of the world but if they come out and say they're they're all hybrid then we can't stuff a manual in these i'll be like oh, yeah. you, Fast <laughs> i'll feel pretty good about yeah the i purchased when i did and i i kind of purchased it saying those things to you saying those things to people and <laughs> in, the, in my heart of hearts thinking like that's probably unlikely but yeah. i don't want to take a chance on that and so i'm just yeah. gonna go for it but man if that actually pans out i'll i'll be very thankful that i purchased that when i did I, I suspect your timing is very good. I, I think there will still be manuals. Porsche has made, I mean, the vast majority of the GC3s they sell are manuals. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine them in one one kind of mid year refresh all of a sudden saying, you know, we're only selling yeah, these yeah now because it's a hybrid. And I don't really see a hybrid precluding a manual other than that. Like, you're going to, that one, two shift is probably going to be really fast. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah but, true. And, uh, yeah. it's going to make it probably trickier to drive in in some respect but yeah uh, i think you timed it well um the only other thing we really want to touch on uh this week as well um a little bit of foreshadowing for the future but um my i'm very lucky my very understanding wife and i were talking about uh my 40th birthday is next year in july and the goodwood uh festival of speed is basically happens around my birthday every year and that's kind of been a bucket list item for me for a while and she agreed to go with me uh, and so we're going to take the festival speed next year so we're going to go to london um and uh and i'll be sure to take a bunch of pictures and that's going to be awesome man yeah yeah I'm i'm pretty excited about it it should be interesting because it's the same weekend as the uh the euro 2024 soccer tournament final uh um, okay so if, if england gets into the final which oh, they're man. favored uh they're favored to make it far in the tournament that could be a pretty crazy time being. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty but sweet yeah a little bit of foreshadow so very cool know, in uh about what eight or nine months we're gonna be able to talk about talk about that that's in, gonna be so camp. cool yeah you know, <laughs> See if and anybody I, goes through a goes through a bale of straw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and you and I have signed up in next October to go to a rally driving school. So, That's gonna be good. That's gonna yeah, be good. Yeah, with some. We get some to do a little bit going. of rallying up here when we get big snowfalls and stuff. So I think that that'll yeah. be a a decent skill set to refine. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I figured you know if I'm getting a. If I'm getting the safari car, yeah, driving on dirt roads and then driving it year round in the snow and stuff, like, yeah, I'd, it'd be good. good to build up a little bit of muscle memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I think that's about all we have this week. Anything else you want to add, man? I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much for uh, listening. Thanks for sticking with us. um I know it was a little bit of a long break, and we'll probably. We'll probably have a bit of a long break in December as well, just because trying to a record over Christmas might be a little bit of a challenge, but we'll do our best. Um, and until yeah. then, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Valve podcast. Um, touch base with us. Any topics you want us to discuss, any ideas you have for the show, we, we always appreciate hearing it. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time.